and other universities within Michigan going cashless, they were, they were pretty shocked. What do you mean you're not taking cash? How can you not take cash? Um, and now we get the questions of, how did you do that? Um, what was your, you know, what were the ins and outs that you noticed? Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. In this episode, Beth Hardcastle, the Assistant Controller at Eastern Michigan University, joined me to discuss their journey to a cashless campus and the benefits, both expected and some unexpected, to this new strategy. Well, it's so great to have you with us here today, Beth. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. That's great. Well, let's start off by learning a little bit more about you. Can you give us a bit about your background? Yeah. Um, so I'm the assistant controller for um, student business services at Eastern Michigan University. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working in the department for approximately 12 years now. Um, I went to school at Eastern. I did my undergrad and my graduate work here. Um, so I've never left. So I'm an alum of the university as well, which awesome. is kind of fun. Um, I've been in my role now for approximately five years as the assistant controller um, overseeing all of our um, student billing process. And um, so I do all the billing process and ID card management within our um, within our department. And we use TouchNet for a lot of our processes, everything from cashiering to bill payment, marketplace. Um, we use TouchNet to process all of our ACH payments and credit card payments um, throughout the whole university. So we are a big user of TouchNet at this time. That's awesome. What a perfect role for you. Uh, Being an alum, you're able to know all the things that you wish you had a better experience as a student. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so it's always fun to talk to the students and have that little connection with them, especially, you know, when they're lost on campus and stuff. Um, I've been here for so long that, you know, you kind of feels like family. So absolutely. And and how about just a quick snapshot of Eastern Michigan? Yeah, so we're a four-year public um, institution um, run through, you know, the the state of Michigan, um, and we approximately have between 15,000 to 20,000 students um, that are enrolled per year. Awesome. Well, I know that uh, we've been working together for a long time, and uh, and like you said, you're using pretty much everything. Um, So let's just talk about you know, with your journey, even of the past 12 years, is how the, the campus payments have really evolved. And so what would you say would be the biggest change that you've seen during your time there? Yeah, so one of the biggest changes that we had several years back was that we went cashless. Um, so we can't close our cashier's office um, and no longer take cash payments for um, our tuition bills. Wow. And so that's probably one of our biggest changes. Um, we made some other additional changes here and there in products that we've utilized for with TouchNet, but that would probably be the largest and biggest one that we've encountered so far. So you're saying completely cashless. That's like a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, completely cashless. So we've been cashless since 2017. So wow. it actually happened during my transition into the assistant controller role. Um, that was, I started the, is the interim as my assistant controller um, in July, and we went cashless that November. Wow. Um, yeah, so we haven't had cash in the office um, since 2017. Um, we take all cash or check payments and online payments through TouchNet, um, and we process our payments that come in through our drop boxes, like checks and stuff, approximately two, week, two times a week. 
Okay. So, so you still have some folks who need to, you know, still have, I'll yeah. say the, the paper process, if you will, but you, you just, instead of having a cashier's office, you just have some drop sure. boxes around. Yeah. So we have approximately three to four drop boxes on campus um, at different buildings and locations um, to make it easier for our students to have accessibility, depending on where on campus their, you know, classes are, where they're living, those type of things. Um, so we do pick those up, um, all of our drop boxes twice a week, and then our back office staff processes them through the cashiering, um, TouchNet cashiering, to um, post them to student accounts. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know we talked earlier, too, that there are some t- students who still really want to use cash, but you've really kind of worked something out to allow them to do that. Yeah, so from a student payment process, um, we do are fortunate enough to have a credit union here on campus. Mm-hmm. And so we've worked with our credit union to allow our students to be able to grab a cashier's check um, from their location if they do have cash only to make payment. And then even though we're cashless, we still have a few departments on campus, mostly like health service related, um, our children's care center um, that still wanted to have cash um, and be able to have cash available to take from their patrons. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've worked also with the credit union to allow those departments to use the web deposit feature um, in TouchNet cashiering. And then they deposit that cash into an EMU account here at the credit union. Wow, that's a really great partnership that you have there, it sounds like. Yeah, so we've been very fortunate um, that they they were brought in several years ago, like right at the time we were going cashless, which made the ease and transition of moving cashless for those departments much easier and for us. Absolutely. So probably with all of that, I'm assuming that uh, really the kind of the role of what was the traditional cashier has evolved and changed too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So our cashiers, um, we have two cashiers here at EMU, um, but we also allow them to answer phones, um, process um, paperwork, Um, They do a lot of our email communication, statements to students. Um, So they are more customer service oriented Mm -hmm. than they probably were before, Um, mostly virtually um, than a front, you know, because we don't have a front counter for them to be at um, to answer questions. So our traditional cashiers um, handle things behind the scenes. Um, And then we do have a service counter that's like a all-in-one for student business services, financial aid records and registration that then help answer our questions if a student has something that they need answered um, while they're on campus. That's great. And I think that's what uh, I hear a lot of times is really that that role evolving from being more the cashier to more of the kind of service advisor that really can help students out. Yeah. And so we have, we're fortunate at Eastern that we kind of have a little bit of both. Um, we have those staff that work at our one-stop, we call it a one-stop shop, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the normal term around right. <laughs> around campus. Um, so we have several employees that work there that help with all of those locations. Um, and then we have the two dedicated current account student, you know, for student account um, that just work behind the scenes and answer phones and stuff when necessary. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So obviously, I'm sure you've seen a ton of benefits of going cashless. Can you talk a little bit about some of that? Yeah, so one of the benefits, I think, is just ease of concern of having cash um, on hand at a university Um, that has really kind of eased some of the staff and stress levels 
um, to be able to have no cash um, and, and the liability, I think, of a university to have you know, large amounts of cash, um, the continued bank, real, you know, going to the bank, depositing those type of things. We don't have that now. Um, because of all of our payments are mostly electronic through the ACH process mm-hmm. or through credit card. And then the checks that we do get, we have it that we set up with our current, with our Chase Bank that we just have machines in the office that scan them in and, right. you know, uh, send that information off to the bank for the money that we deposited. So it's made payments in general a lot easier to manage. I bet. And it's probably one of those things that you don't even think about from a safety yeah. perspective. And somebody's kind of the, the peace of mind of knowing there's a ton of cash here. And if somebody knew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that, you know, we had some staff transitions and it, you know, the cashier's payments and cash went to a different person for a little while before we closed. And I think there was a lot of stress, you know, it, there's just a lot of concern behind that, you know, of having that much cash and being mm-hmm. managed, you don't have to be responsible for it. And I have seen from like a staff perspective that, just the ease of not having it has, you know, kind of the anxieties and, and right. stuff of having it have definitely decreased and um, it's been very beneficial for them. That is, that is great. And, and obviously probably it was beneficial um, when everything had to go remote and not having a cashier's office was not that big of a deal. Yeah. So we didn't really, you know, in March of 2020, when <laughs> we anticipated that we were gone for two weeks and it was much longer than that. Um <laughs> It didn't really phase us, right? We didn't have an operation that had to be open and to help service our students and to continue to take cash. Um, it made it the transition very easy. Um, we most of our students were used to paying online or putting a payment in the Dropbox, and we were able to have minimal staff then in the office mm-hmm. um, for that first, especially for the first six months to a year, to only you know having one person come in and process payments a couple times a week. Um, definitely made it easier in that that whole crazy world we were in at that time. Right. You should just be taking all the credit that you were prepared and you kind of had this uh, insight and, and when to make sure your cash was before you had to be. <laughs> so have you seen any other shifts since going cashless? I mean, most of our payments and processes were handled through, you know, the TouchNet Payment Center and mm-hmm. Marketplace. So it didn't allow too much change for us. And it allowed a little bit, you know, from a cash flow perspective to pushing all those payments online um, allowed for students to maybe make payments earlier mm-hmm. or um, having the ease of the payments processing going quicker, right? right. Um, an electronic payment opposed to getting cash in the bank, you know, getting that money to the bank, processing through, you know, an armored car, those type of things. It took a little bit longer just because there was a different, there were multiple steps that right. had to be taken. So. Um, cash flow allowed us, that kind of allowed us to um, see, you know, our cash flows a little bit better mm-hmm. um, and have them consistent and more accurate as well um, to know how we would project for the future. It makes a lot of sense. And, and I think you also were able to offer some some new payment plan options they were able to do online too. Yeah. So one of the things right before we went cashless is that we had try to figure out, you know, universities always struggle during those summer months, right? Right. Summer probably isn't a huge enrollment population for most of us during summer. Um, It's our, you know, kind of lower, lower times instead of peak with our, you know, fall or winter terms or spring terms, depending on what, um, how many 
semesters you're on as a university. Right. And so we kind of were trying to figure out during those times of July and August, like how do we get cash flow in during those months, right? Our normal bill isn't due until either end of August, beginning of September. Mm-hmm. What do we do to help our cash flow between July and August? And um, one of the things that we implemented right before going cashless was we implemented a five payment plan. And that five payment plan allows our students to divide their remaining, ba- you know, their balance right. um, for any tuition charges into five payments. And we offer that to the student at no cost. Um, oh. So we allow them to get into the payment plan with no additional payment plan fees. Um, so it's an incentive to the student to start right. early, right? There's no additional cost to them. And then it benefited the university to have some extra cash flow during those non-peak times. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, too, it just helps the student, you know, go ahead and get that, kind of set it and forget it and divide it out uh, longer to really help them. Yeah. yeah. And we've turned on, um, you know, scheduled payments through all of our payment plans, which is, you know, kind of that set it and forget it that you kind of talked about, right? Yeah. You set it in July. And then those payments, you know, you get reminders through the TouchNet process, but it just allows them to not have to worry um, and by the time they get to the next semester registration, their bill's taken care of, they're all set and, and ready to move forward. So it, our students do like to have that more smaller payment throughout the month, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, than having to pay up front. And so this gave them even more opportunity to kind of reduce their payment process, you know, monthly payments um, if they enroll in the five. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like it really benefited not just the student, but then also the university in terms of having that cash flow. Yeah. So it did boost, um, you know, number wise, we normally have approximately 900 to 1,000 students in that five payment plan, um, which is pretty good. Um, And we make them make their first payment um, during enrollment. So their first installment is at the time of enrollment. Um, So that five, the first payment of the five happens when they enroll, they Mm -hmm. can't enroll unless they make that payment. So that kind of helped us, right? You you can't just ro- enroll in a plan and pay later. Right. Um, you have to have some, you know, kind of skin in the game, right? Um, you're putting a down payment down um, that has did not really, you know, affect our students at all. It, it made them, you know, made it easier for them to enroll um, in order to minimize their further payments, future payments. Yeah, of course. So is that the only plan you offer or do you have some other plans too? No. So even with the five, we still continue to offer before our payment um, pay in full date, we offer a four and a three payment plan. Okay. And in the last couple of years, especially with pandemic, we'd allow the students, you know, to choose. Um, we allow the four, our four payment plan and our three payment plan to be open at the same time. Okay. And so that way they can kind of pick and choose what payment plan might be best for them. Mm-hmm. And so are giving them some options and they, they seem to um, like that. Yeah, really kind of tailoring it to what they need to do and having those options. And then are there different, I'll say kind of enrollment fees at that point then so they can make a decision? Yeah, so we do offer the five with a no payment plan, mm-hmm. you know, fee, but the four and the three, it's uh, $35 that gets rolled into the balance. Okay. Um, so, and at the time of enrollment for either of those plans, they do make their first installment that counts as that first payment. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you said that you have it where um, they can choose if they want to go ahead and schedule their payments going forward, but that's their decision as well. Yeah. So some students, you know, may have more cash, you know, in, 
end of July, early August, and mm-hmm. want to enroll in that three, right? So they right. make their first payment of, th- you know, the three payment plan, but then they don't really have another payment due until October and, gotcha. and then in November. And so it just, having the students be able to kind of see that and make those own, you know, considerations on their own, everybody's, you know, cash and, and flow of money is always right. different. Um, so it just gives them opportunities. Yeah, that's really great. And so are you seeing um, both a mix of students uh, enrolling in the plan or parents, authorized user, or kind of a, all the above? Uh, we have a good mix. I mean, Eastern's, you know, population is a very mixed population. Um, mm-hmm. We have our traditional FIDIAC students, you know, transfers, but then we also have our non-traditional, you know, more adult learners that are coming back to school. So we have a mix. And so we do see that we, you know, we have parents, authorized users that are enrolling their, you know, students in the plan because they're the ones that are paying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have those students that are handling their finances on their own and, and enrolling themselves. Great. So has this, um, you know, really helped from a receivable standpoint, uh, being able to offer these different kinds of plans? Are you seeing any kind of impact there on the receivables? Yeah, I would say at the very beginning, we definitely saw um, it help. Right. Yeah. Um, then having this five payment plan in place for, you know, five, six plus years now. So mm-hmm. kind of things kind of leveled more off. Um, but we're seeing that things are just staying consistent. So the amount of students that we're seeing that are enrolling in each of our plans are very similar from semester to semester. Um, so we kind of I kind of keep track of some of that. Um, even based on enrollment, um, it kind of the trend is very similar of how many we have enrolled in a five and a four and a three. That's great. And it sounds like they're enrolling and actually paying them on time. Yeah, which is good because we have utilized the auto um, schedule payments through the TouchNet payment plan. We've turned that on. And a lot of students and parents seem to like that because you just don't have to, they don't have to worry about it. Um, They know what their set dates are. They know when the payment's coming out and they don't have to go back in the system to remember to make sure they pay it in order to avoid any fees. Yeah, and the automatic communications go out to remind them even, so they make sure they have money in the bank. (laughs) Yeah, and that makes it easy for us, too. You know, with the automated process through TouchNet, there's less work that our staff has to do, too, right? We don't have to worry about continually communicating with those students to make sure that they remind, you know, are reminded that there's a payment coming. Um, The features that TouchNet has through their payment plans is you know, definitely helpful for both the student and the university. So what I'm hearing from all of this is that you've been extremely successful in going cashless and improving the cash flow throughout the year. So really a win-win. Have there been any downsides? I, you know, there really hasn't. At first, I think it was a bit of transition to go cashless more from a department standpoint of those that wanted to take it. I will be honest, from a student standpoint, we maybe had one complaint out of the whole process, um, which, you know, I anticipated there to be more, but there wasn't. And we had have developed that great relationship with our credit union to help yeah. ease any of that transition too. Um, and so that kind of made, you know, it, it's so much easier um, to have the ability to have a, you know, credit union on campus. For sure. And our students and parents both you know, love our payment plan options. They're always asking right at the beginning of the semester, even before we haven't sent the bill, if they, you know, when the payment plan's getting turned on and, oh, great. and when they're ready. And so they're ready to make those payments. Um, so it's been definitely, you know, at first for us, 
you know, it was definitely something we knew we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And from a controller standpoint and other universities within Michigan going cashless, they were, most universities, other universities were pretty shocked. Um, What do you mean you're not taking cash? How can you not take (laughs) cash? Um, And now we get the questions of how did you do that? Um, What was your, you know, what were the ins and outs that you noticed? Um, What things would maybe you do different? And um, because I think just with pandemic in general, I think it's made people kind of realize that electronic is, you know, the way that we're kind of gravitating towards. And it definitely helped um, through the pandemic process to have that ability. Absolutely. Well, that's why we're talking today, too, to, to prove and show to others that this really can happen. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and yeah, and it's really been impressive what all you've been able to accomplish really just over the last five years. So and you think a couple of those um, were during the pandemic that you've really been able to tra- transition a pretty quick amount of time. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like uh, five years ago was a really long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it probably it really wasn't. Uh, I feel like I've been in this role for a while. And so, um, yeah, I think we continue to make good strides in helping our students and our parents and the university out um, come to payments and cash flow. So that's always what my goals are. That is great. Well, thank you so much, Beth, for sharing Eastern Michigan's journey to becoming a cashless campus. I have a feeling a lot more are going to go that direction. So you might be getting some phone calls. (laughs) And I would gladly take them. That is wonderful. Well, thanks again so much for being our guest today and sharing how you went cashless. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Heather. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.